Back on a Friday afternoon, I'm Jeff MacArthur. And if you're a cat lover, listen up. We've got a new study that is confirming a somewhat longstanding suspicion that domesticated cats, domestic cats, actually have smaller brains than their ancestors. Here's our buddy Cliff the Vet who joins us now for more on this. Hey there, Cliff. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm okay, thanks. Uh, tell us a bit more about this study. How did they come to this conclusion? <laughs> First of all, I was joking. Uh, your producer brought this up to my attention, and I, uh, I said to her that uh, domestic cats have smaller brains, just like uh, domesticated men, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> we should stay wild. But, uh, yeah, I, I went down this nice little rabbit hole looking into this, and it's actually pretty fascinating. So, first of all, like cats have smaller brains in comparison to to say people, um, it's about one percent of their body mass, whereas we have about two and a quarter to two and a half. Um, and the important thing about cats, be it mild or, or pardon me, wild or domestic, is their frontal cortex, the front of their brain, which deals with sort of like social behavior, pack animal type stuff, is actually quite small. Their cerebellum deals with, let's call it athleticism like the predator nature of cats um, or the prey nature, because they got to run away as well, is quite developed and quite large in comparison. And that's the secret behind why domestic cats have smaller brains now than their wild counterparts and their ancestors, because they're living their lives indoors and they don't, they don't have to adapt. And so we're essentially allowing to, to, for nature to select for cats with less developed brains because they have such a nice cushiony life inside. Okay, so is brain size, Cliff, is that a good indicator of just how intelligent a cat uh, is or could be? Because I think there's a lot of cat lovers listening right now that probably think, you know, their cat, <laughs> my, my cat's a genius. <laughs> well, I mean, this is where you're going to compare. I guess the question is, what does intelligence mean? Now, if you're talking about analytical ability and the ability to understand or solve problems, brain size, if it's the frontal cortex, that sort of social behavior, but also analysis part of the brain, yes, it makes a difference. We as humans have very, very large frontal cortex compared to other animals, um, depending upon the animal. Um, in the sense of we are able to solve problems very, very well. We're able to create languages and art, and, and we understand science, and we're going into the universe trying to solve all these, uh, these mysteries. But that's not the only way of determining intelligence. And so, so brain size uh, doesn't always uh, affect that. You can have a big brain, or an animal, let's say, can have a big brain in relationship to its to its body size, but have so much more of that brain being utilized for proprioception, which is kind of like muscle coordination or sensory uh, uh, perception, you know, better eyesight, better hearing, um, better, better reflexes, that sort of thing. So intelligence is a very humanized word. Um, so I would just say cats are as smart as they need to be. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Okay, so what is it that makes wildcats smarter? Is it just the fact that they do have larger brain size, or it's the fact that they're out there in the wild and they've you know encountered a lot of different situations and they have to uh, adapt? Yeah, it's the second one, definitely. So you know, if a if a litter of 
leopards are born and, you know, one, obviously those, those kittens, those leopard kittens are going to have different sized brains in comparison to each other. Um, there's going to be one quote unquote more intelligent than the other, let's say. Well, that one that has a smaller brain and is less able to adapt to the challenges uh, out in the wild, frankly, isn't going to survive. It's not going to survive. Therefore, it's not going to breed and propagate its genetics. Therefore, it's not going to have, quote unquote, less intelligent kittens later on. So Mother Nature and Darwinism, you know, selection of the best, selection of the fittest, is going to select continually, continuously for wild cats that are more adaptive and therefore you could call them more intelligent. Um, the other issue, too, is very quickly is us humans have selected cats to not only be domesticated by behavior, but we've also selected some pretty unusual looking cats. And there's this thing called brachycephalic, which is what I call cute little squishy face cats and dogs are like it as well. So we've selected for some of these cats to have these cute little squishy faces, which gives them smaller space for their brains. So we've also selected for cats to be possibly less intelligent than their wild, than their wild counterparts. Hmm. All right. When it comes to uh, wild cats, is there one that's uh, smarter, stands above the rest? Yeah. I mean, um, again, if you look at the frontal cortex, uh, that social behavior analytical side, the cheetahs and the lions are, are by far the smartest. And it's because they live in packs, um, and especially the female lions and female cheetahs. They got to hunt together. They have to take care of the the offspring, the male cats just hang around by themselves and do nothing. So they're actually not that intelligent. Um, now, the leopard is a solo cat. It does not live in a pack, but it's got a massive cerebellum, the, the back of the brain, which deals with its hunting ability. So those are two or three, the leopard, the cheetah, and the, uh, the lion, that are considered by far the smartest cats. Okay. Listen, I only got about a minute, but for those that are listening right now and they have a domesticated cat, is there any way that they can uh, evaluate their cat's intelligence? It's really hard to evaluate their intelligence. And again, we kind of compare it to, you know, what's the smartest dog or what's the smartest cat? Well, my dog can learn these tricks or my cat can learn these tricks. That's not necessarily intelligent. But more importantly, as a veterinarian, I want to do what we can to maximize their health. And, and what you can do regarding their brain health is start uh, challenging them intellectually, um, giving tricks and training tools and toys when the kitten is young, at eight weeks old, 12 weeks old, because that's when the brain is developing and when it'll adapt the most. Uh, and to, to end this on a funny note, I say we've got to figure out a way to do Wordle for cats. And you get your cat to do Wordle, <laughs> you're definitely improving its intelligence, and, uh, and, and, and you might get on TikTok or something, I'm sure. Yeah, without a doubt, you'll go viral because uh, I'll yeah. tell you right now, if my cat can figure it out, they're one step uh, ahead of me. I don't know about you, but you I'm horrible even, at Wordle. I haven't tried doing it because I'm afraid of what it's going to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff, <laughs> enjoy the weekend. Appreciate it as always. Have a great one, Jeff. All right. There goes Cliff the Vet for us, and we'll get a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.